Today is Monday, July 17, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A Canadian pastor's son is issuing a plea for help as his dad is facing up to 10 years in prison for defying Trudeau's COVID orders. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to hold up your end of the bargain here. You can subscribe and leave a rating and share it with your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. And as always, you can email us your thoughts, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me once again on this Monday, Trey Gons Phillips back from vacation. And now Billy Hallowell is on vacation. So he's fair game uh, to, to <laughs> mock a little bit, gently, friendly mockery, but... Uh, just kidding aside, we, we, we're going to miss Billy this week, of course, as he's vacationing. But welcome back, Trey. What's going on? Hey, hey, it's good to be back. It's nice to uh, play musical chairs here on the podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, it's vacation. The, yeah. Well, right. It's vacation, vacation season. Vacation season, or, right. You know, sick season, vacation season. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> right. we, we all do a little bit of everything with our little with our little team. You never know where, all, where we're all going to yeah. be. Yeah, indeed. And I hope you got some R&R because uh, you're back into the news yes. of the cray here, full swing. Yes. And there's no shortage, as always. So. Well, it was good to take a break from everything for a little <laughs> yes. while. But I also feel like uh, I've been living under a rock for long enough. I guess I need to see what's coming, see what's, what's going, going on. on. See what's going on. And I know you found one crazy story that you're going to be uh, talking about today. Yeah, the story is wild about a woman who went missing late last week, was actually just found yesterday. It's a crazy story. We'll go through some of the details. All right. Looking forward to that. Also on the main thing, Madison Seals caught up with um, a heritage scholar talking about this new viral photo app that's causing quite the controversy on how AI could potentially contribute to baby shopping in the IVF industry. So all that's coming up and more. But first, we're going to get through the news here in... 90 seconds. Five people have now been confirmed dead, and two children are still missing after a flash flood swamped southeastern Pennsylvania Road. Over the weekend, the missing children include a nine-month-old boy and a two-year-old girl. This is in Bucks County. This is where I live, in Bucks County. And they said the torrential rains occurred about 5.30 p.m. in the Washington Crossing area. In a news conference on Sunday, the Upper Makefield Fire Chief said that the children were part of a family visiting from Charleston, South Carolina, and they were on their way to a barbecue when they became trapped in the flash flood. And Nathaniel Paloski, the son of Canadian pastor Artur Paloski, addressed the European Parliament seeking international pressure for his father's case, Paloski's Uh, He faced numerous confrontations with authorities in Canada after defying COVID-19 restrictions during church services. He was arrested multiple times and uh, ordered um, after delivering a speech to truckers protesting vaccine mandates. He waits a court date on August 9th, could face up to 10 years in prison for his alleged involvement in blocking the border crossing. The Sound of Freedom has grossed up to date $85.5 million. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. And I know, Trey, real quick on Sound of Freedom, it just continues to surge. I think its opening weekend was around $40 million, something like that, $45 million. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those movies that 
it did so well in about half of the box offices. I think it had 2,000 something compared to the major blockbusters who had about 4,000 uh, theaters and it was doing so well. They added theaters. And so then now you saw this number grow. Yeah, it's crazy to think a movie that came out on the 4th of July, so obviously a holiday, but midweek, um, it ended up overtaking um, Indiana Jones, a Lucasfilm and Disney movie. So it, it outperformed a major, a major, you know, what was anticipated to be blockbuster. Obviously, Indiana Jones is still making a ton of money. Right, but it, it, but day, it beat it on July 4th. Yeah, right, correct. Yeah, for the fact that it beat it for the day is uh, is still quite impressive. Yeah. Um, and I actually was looking at um, Box Office Mojo, the site that kind of tracks all of this stuff. Um, and three Christian movies are actually in the top 50 uh, for 2023 so far, and there's been something like 200 films released. Obviously, not all of them have been wide releases, but still, uh, that three uh, three Christian movies: Sound of Freedom, Jesus Revolution, and His Only Son. Uh, the first and the last actually being from the same studio, Angel Studios, in the top 50. Uh, that's that's quite impressive. Um, and then uh, Jesus Revolution, obviously another huge, uh, huge success. So, um, yeah, it's cool to see movies like this doing well. And, of course, Sound of Freedom tells the story of a really, really important issue. Um, and that's you know, the the story itself is fascinating, but also really important. So it's good to see movies like like yeah. this doing well. Yeah, indeed. And um, on some of the other stories mentioned there, uh, real quick about Pawlowski, we've clearly reported on Arter Pawlowski. He was the one that famously told the authorities in Canada to get out of his church, get out you Nazis. He was calling them after they showed up on Easter, uh, and it was you know Canada clearly more oppressive during their COVID restrictions than than most places and particularly houses of worship which drew the ire of a lot of people and Pawlowski was one of the ones that was like no I'm going to keep having church and then they view that as some big assault uh, as if people were being held by gunpoint to go to this thing so you know to the services so he's facing all these charges I mean for merely giving a speech to these truckers I mean that's pretty remarkable and so you know what I found interesting about this Trey that his son went to the European parliament on a on a kind of a free speech religious freedom issue what isn't it I, I don't know the circumstances as to why he ended up there but it makes me a little sad that it's not here in america that he was pleading for that that it was somewhere else is that a sign of the times that america has kind of lost its status as a free speech beacon yeah you know i think other countries look at america right now and they see us so embroiled in infighting that i think it's like uh, they're kind of they're so tied up in themselves and trying to figure out what they actually think they believe um, that, that it's not worth going. I, you know, I don't know. That's just my impression because yeah. I think if you, if I step back and I look at our culture, like we say we value free speech, obviously it's something that's enshrined in our constitution, but we seem to be fighting with each other so often about what we think free speech actually is. We think free speech should only be for the speech that we like and the speech that we don't like should yeah. be restricted, which of course that's not free speech uh, at all. Uh, but I think we're, like I said, we're so tangled up with ourselves uh, that these bigger issues, uh, people just feel like uh, America, even though they're, they're supposed to be a beacon for this, this issue, uh, they really don't have the time to deal with it right now. Yeah, indeed. Um, so definitely um, prayers for that pastor there as he's facing those charges. Yeah. And also, I wanted to throw out one more prayer point. Um, Trey, I know you mentioned you guys got a lot of rain in your neck of the woods over the weekend. 
I mentioned that story about Bucks County, the nine-month-old boy and the two-year-old girl that are missing. Still, they haven't found them. Mm. They've, they've said it's a recovery effort now. They're not anticipating finding them alive, which is inc- incredibly tragic. But uh, my road here, it, it flooded. I mean, it was insane. I mean, we had so much rain in 45 minutes. I think it was seven inches in 45 minutes. And I've never seen anything like it. And on my street, there's a creek that kind of runs by a little bit. And it has never, all the neighbors that have lived here for 30, 40 years said that they've never seen it do this. And it it overflowed. It was so much rain. My whole street was a river. It was wild. I mean, it, we weren't in any danger here, but it was just insane to see your street turn into a river. But obviously, there were problems up the road. And Washington Crossing is a town over for me. And that's you know, there's there's a lot of low areas there, and you have the Delaware River. There's all kinds of uh, water going on, and and so it's just uh, really really tragic. And you know, seeing something like that happen, and a reminder that just you know, a to be praying for those families, but b like they just woke up and it was a normal day, and then all of a sudden you have this tragedy. It's just a reminder that we don't know when our day or our hour is going to be. So I, to me, mm-hmm. I look at that as sort of a reminder, like, hey, we need to be focused and prepared on the things that matter for eternity. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for, for those families who are, or that family in particular, and then for other families who are dealing with similar situations, like this, this was a storm that really spanned a lot of the country because I'm in central Virginia uh, and was uh, dealing with similar friends who are in family who are dealing with similar, similar issues. Uh, and to know that like, I have friends who their entire basement uh was mm-hmm. is is destroyed essentially yeah, yeah. and they had <laughs> they had furniture the and, <laughs> uh yeah but it was like it's a completed basement they had furniture and all that kind of oh. stuff so uh obviously not on the same level as losing nah, a child but it's, at it's all rough, though. um but uh, yeah that's a cost that they weren't anticipating and so many people are in that same boat and they're losing obviously memorabilia and things that they care about so uh, and that's an unanticipated cost there so uh, also prayers for people who are dealing with damaged property too because that's that's a huge yep. stressor it sure is no doubt about it all right uh let's move on to this focus story here trags i know we're um running short on time but an alabama woman went missing in, in this weird whirlwind case she's been found what is the story here Okay, so uh, she's 25 years old. Uh, she was reported missing Thursday night after calling 911 and telling a dispatcher that she saw a toddler walking alongside the interstate uh, she was driving down. Uh, she said that she was going to pull over uh, to help that child, uh, but then nothing else was known. Essentially, the she was on the phone with the dispatcher. That call ended up ending, and then she tried to call a family member, and then that call was interrupted uh, when this woman, her name's Carly Russell, uh, was all of a sudden just sort of vanished. She disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to her. Uh, she was completely lost. The police actually went to the scene that she said she was going to, to help this toddler they couldn't find a child. They couldn't find her. They saw her vehicle sitting there and some of her personal belongings still there. So obviously uh, not intending to have left her car uh, on the side of the highway. Mm. Uh, and the car's there, no toddlers there, and no no Carly Russell is there either. Uh, completely gone. Uh, and then actually on Saturday night, uh, early Sunday morning, she showed up at her front door. She knocked on the door. Her parents, her family were stunned, of course, let her in. Uh, They called the police around 1045 uh, and said, uh, 
we've found uh, our daughter, our, you know, Carly. Uh, she's actually returned home. Uh, that's what the police said in a statement that was issued yesterday. So mm. it's it's a it's a wild wild story. Wow. I mean, it just it's totally leaves a lot of questions, and hopefully they'll be answered soon. But what are police saying as of now? Yeah, police are saying that they're not certain exactly what happened. They don't know what's going on. They they don't fully understand uh, the situation. Uh, the Hoover Police Department, which is where the 911 dispatcher uh, connected the woman to, uh, they said that they actually never heard about a missing, missing toddler. Uh, they never heard about a child who, who was you know, on the highway. No one else had called about this child. Uh, she was the only person. Uh, the family, uh, Tabitha Russell, or Talitha Russell, uh, is, is Carly's mom. Uh, she said uh, that her daughter was always the life of the party. She was very, is very kind-hearted. She had a lot going on this summer. Uh, so they don't think that there was any sort of attempt to, to disappear or hurt herself. Uh, they're, they're kind of bewildered by the situation. Obviously, the daughter is still kind of recovering, and I'm, I'm certain she'll probably speak to police uh, you know, as, as she starts to feel better and piece together uh, what's going on. But there's been speculation online, okay, was this a, an attempted trafficking situation? Were they using a child to lure this woman? You know, what's the situation? But all of that, of course, is complete speculation and the police are still investigating, but they haven't really said anything more than that right now. They're they're still trying to figure out and piece together what exactly went on. But of course, they're grateful that she's been reunited. She's been found and reunited with her family. Yeah, that's the bottom line, obviously. But it does. It does, man. It just leaves a lot of questions in your like, mind. What a bizarre story. Really bizarre story. Now, I know you mentioned they said some things, but did the family release any like official statement at all or? Uh, they just said that they're asking for privacy, for respect, and, and of course for prayers for uh, for their daughter Carly. Uh, they said that they uh, none of them have slept for the last three nights, and they're quote mentally and physically exhausted, oh, uh, and that they'll speak about the issue in the days to come because they know that everybody is kind of fascinated by the story and wondering what's going on in a whirlwind that lasted from. Thursday afternoon into Sunday morning uh, and, and, you know, went missing and then all of a sudden found and she shows up at her front door. Uh, that's just, that's a wild story. That is really wild. And um, I'm just praying that there was no, uh, like you said, other things going on there that maybe it was just a momentary lapse of um, just yeah. awareness or, you know, one of those situations where you kind of lose your bearings or something like that. Um, I've heard of that happening before, but um, it does make you wonder when you're going through that story, I think, well, what would I do if I rolled up onto that scene and I just saw yeah. the car there and, you know, you're, you're going about your day. You don't usually think about getting into one of these situations and it could be really dangerous. So um, it kind, it's kind of a reminder to be on your toes, I think, just yeah, anytime absolutely. you're out and about. I mean, it's so easy to have your screensaver on, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 easy just to go into to default kind of yeah, uh, you know, just rote actions and doing things. But then also you have to think if you if the this child was there and she was trying to help, obviously she's doing the right thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, the world that we live in, even when you're doing the right thing, you have to be very cognizant and aware of your surroundings, particularly if you're a female and you're young and you're by yourself. Uh, you need to be aware of what your surroundings are. Okay, am I safe? Even though I'm doing the right thing and trying to help somebody in need, yeah, uh, am I putting myself in danger? So, right, call yeah, the authorities be, there. Be aware of your situation and definitely <laughs> immediately call the police before <laughs> right. you try to be the hero by yourself. Right. You know, right, exactly. Yeah, very few instances are we going to require an obvious where you. It's very clear. I need to jump in right now. Right, most of the time you're going to be able to 
defer to somebody, you know, the experts, so to speak. So a good reminder there and definitely be praying for that family and that individual as, as they uh, try to figure out what happened there. But appreciate you bringing that one, Trey. We're going to move over to the main thing now. And there's a new viral photo app that's causing controversy. And heritage scholar Emma Waters talked to Madison Seals about how AI could potentially be contributing to baby shopping in the IVF industry. That's today's main thing. Well, we've talked a lot about artificial intelligence in the last few months, and the technology seems like it's developing by the hour. Today, I'm talking to heritage scholar Emma Waters about a new viral AI photo app that the Wall Street Journal says is giving people baby fever. Emma, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me more about this new product of AI technology called Rimini and what it does. Yeah, so Rimini is a AI-generated photo app that allows people to upload pictures of themselves and their potential partners to see what future children could look like. The app also allows women to upload pictures and it will show them what they would look like potentially pregnant, or it could show an individual what they maybe looked like as a child based on how they look today. But the app said that since they introduced the option for couples to see what potential kids could look like, that it's exploded. And that's the number one reason people tend to use it because they're fascinated by the possibility of seeing what miniature them could look like in the world. Yeah, and at first glance, this sounds so cool and innocent and actually really positive because it kind of gets people excited about having babies or at least the idea of what that baby could look like. So I think that part of it is really cool. But one of the things about AI technology that we're kind of learning over time is that it can slip into some really morally ambiguous territory. And one of the things that I want to discuss today is how this technology could be used by the IVF industry. You've written some articles about how in vitro fertilization or IVF has become a baby market of sorts because of things like genetic testing and embryo selection. So can you talk a little bit about how IVF works and how this industry could potentially make use of new technology like this? So IVF or in vitro fertilization is the process by which a fertility clinic or physician takes a an egg from a woman and sperm from a man and then creates an embryo in a lab. And so this can come from the married couple potential parents or there's an entire um, egg donation, sperm donation industry where you can actually buy eggs and sperm to create an embryo um, if you're a single person or if your spouse is unable to produce them. And so with this process, um, which has been around since about the 1980s, it's rapidly developed such that through the study of genetics, physicians are actually able to test embryos for any number of factors. Um, so the first one being it can test embryos for potential illnesses or diseases like Down syndrome and even basic things like will they have um, cystic fibrosis or will they be more prone to get cancer if a parent has a recessive gene of that sort. But the more concerning side of this is that genetics also determine our skin color, hair color, eye color. They determine our sex um, and a host of other features that make a person who they are. And so what's really terrifying about the IVF industry in the United States is that it's a largely unregulated business where fertility clinics and the reproductive agencies that represent them have largely been allowed to run it as they see fit. Um, and so this, I think IVF as of 
2022 statistics was a $23 billion industry. So we are talking major money invested in this. And really what many of the fertility clinics um, promise and boast to parents is that they can create your ideal child. So there's actually a fertility clinic in California that came under a lot of pressure a few years ago when they ran a whole marketing campaign telling parents that they could design their perfect child, including the skin color, hair color, eye color. And as you can imagine, this often tends towards like rather eugenic um, race erasure themes where people are selecting for lighter skin babies, babies with blue eyes at the expense of the whole array um, of possibilities, even from parents who are perhaps like of a different background. And so what's deeply concerning is that off the bat, 87% of IVF clinics in the United States offer genetic testing on these grounds. And so paired with apps like Remini, which potentially offer, like you said, an opportunity for people to really envision themselves as parents and hopefully encourage parenthood, which is something we love to see, um, IVF clinics could actually use this to create a boutique experience where parents can come in and using AI, the clinic can show them, here's 20 different images of what a potential child could look like based on the genetics of you and your partner. And then they could create multiple embryos and test them to try to find the one that most aligns with the ideal child the parent wants. And for anyone of the Christian faith or even just a moral background, clearly the opportunity here for turning children into commodities that are just designed and bought based on adult preference rather than receiving children as the gift they are is a major problem. Um, And we're about 10 seconds away from this being something that the IVF industry markets as one of their benefits. Right. Yeah. It's such an intriguing industry, but it is just that, as you said, an industry. And this may be a sensitive topic for a lot of women and couples who can't biologically have their own babies and consider IVF. So I want to be sensitive to that. But at the same time, it's also important to discuss the reality of how IVF has turned into an industry that by nature, as you've talked about, creates options and a shopping experience for people. And you mentioned there are stories of couples who actually demand their money back because the child that they picked did not match the child that they were given. And there's also some racial some racial concerns that you talked about too. So what are maybe some other statistical downfalls that you found with IVF? Yes. Yeah, so with IVF, and like you said, um, I approach this issue as everyone should with the most sensitivity. We have many family members um, and even friends who have struggled with fertility. And I wrote a piece for World Magazine on IVF and how pr- people who are pro-life and believe in the integrity and life of the unborn child can pursue IVF in a way that doesn't violate Christian beliefs and moral beliefs in this topic. So it's not to say that all IVF is necessarily wrong, but it is to say that with out serious precautions, the way the IVF industry works does have some major issues. And so when it goes to um, IVF testing, thinking of different concerns, if a couple were to create multiple embryos without the intention of implanting those embryos, hoping that they turn into a child, what happens is IVF clinics will test embryos, tell parents, um, so this child statistically has a higher chance of cancer. This child is going to be a boy. This child is going to be a girl, right? And the parents can choose which one they want. And if they're not thinking about this from a pro-life perspective that really values the unborn child, fertility clinics then take those embryos and destroy them because they are unwanted embryos or they freeze them for unknown periods of time. And then even when it comes to the children that are growing up, 
imagine what it's like knowing that you were selected and born because you fit the description that your parents wanted. You weren't simply received as a gift, um, loved unconditionally, right? You were received on conditional terms from the beginning. And the way that that could potentially shape the psyche of a child, I think is huge. Um, and the way that shapes the way that we think about children as a whole, right? And when it comes to questions of abortion, Roe v. Wade, the pro-life movement, the whole the whole purpose here is that we are receiving children as a gift. And the, and the last thing I'll say on this is there's a really big difference between receiving a child as a gift that could potentially have issues. And then with IVF, there are actually multiple studies that have been done that show that children conceived from IVF have higher likelihoods of cancer, of cleft palate, and of other um, physical biological issues. And so it's also something worth considering that if you are conceiving children through IVF to fit this very um, specific parameter that you have using AI technology, you're also potentially giving those kids a higher rate of either short-term or long-term health problems. And so it's one thing to receive a child with health problems because that's what you were given, and it's another to intentionally create a child that's more likely to suffer. And I think that's a really big distinction that the IVF versus pro-life movement um, really has to wrestle with. Right. Yeah. And I love the way that you're talking about babies as a gift, because obviously from our biblical perspective, our biblical worldview, that's exactly how we see them. We know that all babies, all people are created in God's image and all children are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this concept of baby shopping, no matter how good intentions may be, contradicts this by giving people an option. So we're not saying that AI is all bad or IVF is all sinful, but these are just things to consider. So Emma, thank you for bringing this interesting and thought-provoking perspective on this new app. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. It was great. All right, Madison, thanks so much for that interview there. It's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today, and we're going to go to Psalm 8410, which reads, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. And, you know, we all are probably familiar with that song that goes along with that um, made out of that uh, psalm, obviously, but uh, it's just it's a great perspective for us to have that no matter what we have going on, we just can look ahead uh, to being in the presence of God and just realizing how much better that is than anything we can be experiencing here. Well, I think it's easy to, at least in my own life, to to look at the to nitpick, to look at the things that I don't like in my life circumstances. Say, I wish I had this. I wish I didn't have that, or you know, whatever whatever your your situation might be. Uh, but this verse just kind of refocuses us, and to know that if if we're a child of God, right, if we are are, are heirs to the throne because we have salvation thanks to Jesus Christ, then. Uh, we have everything that we could ever mm-hmm. possibly need and more. Yeah. Uh, so, so all of those other things kind of pale in comparison. And this verse is a good, a good reminder of that. Absolutely. And it's a great reminder to leave us with here on this Monday edition of the podcast, which we are, of course, always thrilled that you're uh, here with us each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Don't forget to get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. And as always, Lord willing... And that creek don't rise. We shall be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.